consume more kimchi whatever before we could even consider ourselves as you know close to Korean culture I'm Sarge Lacuesta and this is Esquire Philippines Lonely Hearts where we have long conversations in your behalf with the lonely hearts minds and misunderstood geniuses of this world people have made sense of themselves and the things around them during these uncertain times and who appear on this podcast in the interest of helping all of us make sense of our own personal worlds too So hi everybody and welcome to this very special episode of Lonely Hearts. Well, every episode is special, but this is more special than others because uh, we're going to talk about something that I recently just discovered, no? thanks to one of the guests. And that guest is uh, my wife, Muki Katigbaklakwesta, who is the author of four poetry collections. Uh, she has an MFA from the New School University. She has taught in major universities in Manila and co-edits various literary Filipino uh, poetry anthologies. No? Uh, she's widely awarded for her work in the Philippines and has been the delegate to International Literary Awards in Rotterdam, Medellin, San Francisco, Macau, and Kuala Lumpur. I remember all of these because ako yung sabit dyan, no? parang carrier of luggage, ganun. add-on sa, no? sa airplane seat. Ganun. In 2015, Muki, who I really don't call Muki in real life, but I'll call her Muki here, uh, she completed a writing residency for the International Writing Program at the University of Iowa. Uh, I'm honored also, particularly to have uh, another poet, no? uh, a poet I completely admire, Noel Leslie de la Cruz, who is full professor of philosophy in De La Salle University, where she received her PhD in philosophy and her MFA in creative writing. Her poetry collection, Sisyphus on the Penrose Stairs, Meta Reveries, uh, was published by Vagabond Press. It won first prize for poetry in English at the 2017 Palanca Awards. Um, she's lead author of the senior high school uh, course textbook, Philosophy of the Person, Giving Meaning to Life, published by Oxford University Press. She also co-edited the anthology Feminista, Gender, Race, and Class in the Philippines, published by Anvil. Her research and teaching areas include existential phenomenology, philosophy of literature, and feminist philosophy. No? So, so oh, it's, it, it's absolutely academic. I want to start with this angle now. It's so academic. No? Well, you seem kind of parang... Because you're not here as an academic, and yet you are. No, You're here because of this sort of common thing we have. I'm a newbie. Uh, Muki, I guess you're a little bit of a newbie. I think I would consider myself... Because a- she's only seen like 10K dramas. Okay. No? At 16 hours each. <laughs> no? uh, newbie pa lang. And Noel, how many have you seen? Uh, actually... Try in truth, ha, in truth, it's okay. Parang, uh, parang, in my last count, I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, more than 25. I uh-huh. can count again later. You know, we had... Uh, a podcast earlier this year where we featured uh, a K-pop fan naman. She was ARMY. Oh, okay. So that was interesting because it talked about fanhood, diba? Yung K-pop naman. I'm gonna go straight into this because it's gonna last us hours, diba? So the K-pop, parang, I'm not a K-pop fan. I'm not a BTS fan, right? But I understand fanhood because I'm a fan of many things. And but, and yet, when I spoke to that fan, 
who went by the by a pseudonym because parang she had a double she had a like a professional life na parang I guess she didn't want her professional life was too too professional that you know she couldn't be identified as a K-pop fan. I I wish I had that option, but yeah, go on. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna return to I'm gonna return to what you said. I'm gonna return to what you said because there seems to be this kind of oh inside I'm a I'm a fan of something, but outside I'm a you know I'm a hardcore parang hardened professional, right? Na parang you're an academic and yet parang you're also so parang hot about K-drama. And I have to say, I read all your posts about K-drama. Talagang Uh-oh. with a hunger. Eh? We've also seen a couple of your uh, YouTube videos. Uh-oh. No? <laughs> Particularly those that really make you know, very hard and very interesting connections between philosophy and K-drama. No? Uh, Muki, my wife, has turned to K-drama no? because uh, everybody knows like I'm a very neglectful father and husband. That's wrong. No. Parang ibang drama naman yun. No, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, seriously, parang when I spoke to that K-pop fan, no, fanhood was the topic. Fanhood was the meat. Diba? And it's great because it's a different kind of fanhood. It's not like I was a fan of, let's say, you know, Duran uh, Duran or Led Zeppelin. No, Duran Duran talaga. No? <laughs> but K-drama is a different thing. Because it sort of, and I feel it transcends many things. Uh, Muki, you spoke earlier about it, like hitting all the soft spots of all the markets. My my appreciation for K drama really led me to reading up on it, and basically there was this whole synchronicity, this whole machine where during the hell you basically <laughs> they hit. That's not true. I always learn from you. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you. Like yeah, we're equal opportunity talking overs. No, I just well, I'm not sure about that, but oh. certainly it's an if it isn't a Korean invention, it's certainly a strong appropriation. But like it the one class was a webtoon. Um and then, you know, um after that you really have K-pop, which my younger cousins, Miguel Feria being one of them, who was just here. We were talking about Red Velvet yesterday. Um, really is into K-pop. And that's the age group that's in their late 20s, and I think early to mid-30s. And then you have us, the K-drama fans. And um, it's the demographic. Is I'm not going to ask you what demographic I fall under. No? Parang that's, no, this is like, not about me. Like you would like K-pop. Like you like Rumors ba? <laughs> oh, no, well, parang, no, no. I, I get you. Parang it hits it, it, all. Gen X yata tayo lahat. <laughs> oh, parang Gen X ba tayo? No, no, no. You're, I'm not going to go there. I'm not gonna you're go Gen there. X. You are. I'm not going to go there. But I, I, I think Gen X movie. Noel, I think we're Gen. Or, I want to say X. millennials I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go to Noel and I'm gonna ask her. Because okay. Um, look, the interesting sa K drama for me, right, is that somebody like you, like a complete academic, right? You know the thing about philosophers, and I, <laughs> oh. you know, is that everything is parang questioned, diba? Right. Parang by default. Everything is questioned, and the philosopher always knows better. You know that's very good. Who was your philosopher? In that I go philosopher. That's as far as I go. No, but seriously, yeah, and, I, and you know, and I read a couple of like, webtoons on Sartre and Camus. No, but seriously, seriously, I, I don't have a class. I have some classical philosophy, of course, as a background. I went to school, but I want your perspective as an academic and a philosopher. Like, what led okay. you to this? Right. It's a rabbit hole. 25 series, right? 
I'm just gonna say a series Absolutely. is 16 or six, 12 to 16 episodes. Yeah. Each episode like lasts from one hour to sometimes like an hour and a half, right? Right, that's correct. So do do tell. Actually, I I think I'm still a newbie in comparison to many other people who've known about K dramas way before the pandemic because I only just discovered this uh, medium in 2020. I think being in philosophy uh, made me more uh, appreciative of um, the kind of imaginative genre, genres uh, that K-dramas feature. Because if mm -hmm. you look at their stories, I mm -hmm. mean, there's something unique about it. It's not just um, the Korean culture, but they're very imagination. I mean, mm -hmm. they have romance, they have well, all the typical genres, but the stories... Uh, I, I can't quite put my finger in it. Mm -hmm. um, even director Joey Reyes mm -hmm. uh, uh, mentioned that, how uh, innovative they are in, in oh, terms of... Did watch the same thing? Did we watch the same? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like, we watched the same. I think, you know, Encounter, Chloe. I mean, I saw some of it. I saw some of it. No? Fangirling on some of the same uh, titles. Sure. Uh, yeah. but, uh, on one hand, K-dramas are cliches, but on the other, hand they bring out something new um again it's, it's hard to it's it's they're formulaic but not <laughs> so it, they're formulaic in that they hit the right spots right they hit the right spots but not in the same way i, I hate to compare like uh filipino soaps for example okay i want you to i want to yeah. ask you yung entry point drama filipino soap or hindi uh, I, I'm sorry to say no, and I'm not. No, sure. that's absolutely valid. In fact, a I want to ask about colonial mentality. Na una pa sa akin yung K dramas, uh, as opposed to my own local. Um, sure, sure. And I think that's uh, a lot of that's a middle class story. Because a lot of middle class people I know, the entry into the K drama was really K drama, like Netflix, diba? Right. When I discovered K dramas, that was it. You know, I did the usual binging, no sleep, sure. and finishing an entire series of six episodes in like. 48 hours. Um, talking about and yet your skin is glowing. Yes. I, I, I just want to say. Uh, oh, but I, I don't do that anymore. Um, do you use that? Is eat. that what the Korean uh, facial products are for? Like when you're watching K-drama, you don't show it, right? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I mean it. I mean it. Huh? K-drama break now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm going to ask you about your skincare routine later, but let's continue. Let's continue. So you're watching it 16 hours. You were drawn into it. Yes, and uh, there, there are so many things that you could apply to your philosophy lessons. And uh, I, I, I don't think it's just philosophy that you can relate to it because it's, it's, it's about life, it's about economics, it's about geopolitics. You know, it's about and yet the philosopher in you, you know, yes, actually, was drawn to it. No? Yes, I, I, I actually began with the sci-fi uh, related uh, K-dramas. My, my first K-drama was uh, Signal. I'm just nodding my head here. Like, oh, yeah. Mystery detective. Because mm. <laughs> uh, I read about it in Time Magazine. So I, it's one of the first um, dramas that I watched. And I was just bowled over by, by everything. You know, the, the acting, the production values, and uh, the ideas. Uh, there are just so many talking points, you know, in every, okay, most so, every drama that I, I see. How did you enter it? How did you enter it? Because uh, I know how uh, Mukina entered it, like, through, actually, partly through your posts, partly through everybody talking about 
K-drama right. and we're like I think it's yeah I think the wave just uh, went over me just like everyone else I got swept uh-huh. you know how a tre- when a trend happens and uh-huh. before you know it you're, you're part of it uh, so I, it's a combination of Netflix and social media and mm. we, which actually brings us to since you mentioned Hallyu earlier yes exactly as, as, as we know it's, it's not a new phenomenon it's yeah. been two years in the making but I think yeah. uh, the difference with regard to the Hallyu wave now, they call it Hallyu 2.0. Uh, yeah. The difference is the influence of social media and how sure. uh, be- because of social media platforms, uh, there's more reach and uh, there's more uh, audience participation. There's more fan contribution to the uh, construction of storylines. Um, and uh, in fact, K-dramas, I, I think, are you know, based on what I've read about uh, the K-drama phenomenon, uh, they're kind of passe. They've been overtaken, at least in terms of value, by K-pop, which, yeah. uh, as, as Moki uh, was talking about demographics earlier, I, I think K-pop caters to a, young, a relatively younger, I think, millennial demographic. K-dramas are for... Uh, older millennials like us, or maybe uh, we're not boomers, but we're like Gen X. You know? You're saying, that Noel, that they <laughs> deliberately sort of position it against that target. Uh, I'm familiar um, with, with media marketing, but are you what, saying like, yeah. That's, that's what I noticed. Uh, uh-huh. There's a, a very uh, informal observation. It, it seems okay, to me that sure. older people are people in their 20s, 30s or at mid-twenties onwards, uh, more okay. interested in K-dramas. Okay. Younger ones, teenagers, my students, yes, are more into K-pop. And if you look at these two media, they're, they're very, very different because K-dramas are more imaginative. It takes a, long, a longer attention span, actually, yeah, to appreciate the footage. K-pop is more on, I think it's more sensuous. Uh, sure. It's, it's very visceral. I mean, you can actually imitate it, but you can do the dance moves. Right, and the, right? And the dance and the, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can eat the chicken nuggets, no? I like the, I have had so much. <laughs> right, in, no, I, yeah. like, there's so many BTS <laughs> yeah. meals that went through me, you know? Yep. <laughs> I just think, it's, a, it's a whole wave. It's like a BTS meal. It's like a chicken wave inside me. <laughs> no? So I want to pause there because you mentioned Hallyu and like that's, the interesting thing about fanhood is that people... It's immediately like an internal discussion. <laughs> no, what is the Hallyu wave? What is it? Gosh, where do we start, Noel? I mean, you know, when, uh, when, direct, when, when Joey Reyes was talking about this, he comes from a very visceral point of view as opposed to the very heavily database book that I read. But, okay, I want to I wanna go into that. Okay? I'm going to go into that and contribute because I was a Film Development Council Executive Director at the, uh, in 2011, right? A long time ago, 10 years ago. And um, we were in touch with the Hallyu Wave 1.0 payatayon. Because we would always be in touch with a lot of Korean producers who were pushing a lot of content at the time. Yeah. In fact, they were they were like so heavy into pushing content that they put up their own. The, the, the Busan Film Festival was so fresh at the time. Yeah. No, uh, Kim Kiduk was was presenting at Cannes. He was uh, he was competing at Cannes. And while not why that while that may not be like a core, like mainstream part of the Hallyu wave. I got to see it firsthand. The Hallyu wave is a sort of government, a state-backed, you know, cultural machinery. It's backed with a lot of money. Uh, Noel, you mentioned that you just got swept by it, right? You got swept by it. My question is, are you a a fan, like in general? (laughs) Like, were you a fan of something, or, or is this your first encounter with 
being a fan that's why you're so obsessed with parang looking at yourself as a fan di ba kasi what ano kaya to di ba parang ganun so i don't consider myself a fan because um my attention is very short uh, uh i tend to like things mm-hmm. in a very deep way but also in a very short span of time uh like uh when i parang kang may adhd ganun yes um, okay, that's cool i Yeah, but but you know, it, it doesn't affect the depth of my interest. It's just no, of course, like you go deep, but you know, and then you move it, on. But right? it's easily re- replaced. Yeah. Like I, I went through like ten, eight or ten opas in the space oh, of what? like a year, and uh-huh. each one I was so completely obsessed. I didn't think I would move on, but I I would. Mm-hmm. But um, the nice thing is that uh, each time that I'm really into a particular, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, celebrity. I, I would binge watch all of their shows, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I would get a lot of inspiration from it. I I think I wrote one or two poems or three, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, from these um, inspired moments. So in, in that sense, I wouldn't uh, call myself your your typical fan. And uh, with, so with with regard to Korean culture, um, I'm a disinterested admirer, you know. A hundred hours. Yeah, I've only seen a hundred hours of programming. I'm not a fan. So do do yeah. because that that speaks to the power of the wave, di ba? it's so big. Exactly. You couldn't call yourself a fan, yeah. right? um, even if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I admire Korean culture, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, I'm glad uh, in in some respects that I'm not Korean. Uh, I admire them because. You know the the kind of soft power is that they demonstrated mm-hmm. is really unique in Asia. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, there are a lot of strictures in Korean culture mm-hmm. that I'm glad I'm not subject to. Uh, for example, as a woman, mm-hmm. um, so their Confucian culture I, I find very. Uh, it's like they're not yet in the 21st century in terms of gender diversity, for example, or uh, in terms of recognizing. Uh, non-binary identities and and all that. So they're still very very conservative, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, I appreciate their, um, you know, the their the genius in storytelling. Even if you know, no, that it's a concerted effort and it's state backed and it's like a machinery, no. There is It that just, also. Uh, uh, I think it's no accident that there are more suicidal or su- suicide celebrities and public figures. Sure. I, I can't even imagine the sort of stress that they're they're under because of uh, that sort of Hollywood <laughs> self-policing culture, right? But it's lose. different in, in Korean culture because uh, they don't need to substantiate allegations for a Korean celebrity to just be canceled. It's like they're disposable. And uh, if you oh, look wow. at their at the production of Korean. A celebrity, see, but there's an entire machinery behind that, right? You know, uh, like the difference for me is um, the Korean, this kind of Korean soft power that you were talking about the other mm. night is attainable for me because it's. I feel like there are certain shared um, historical events that make us closer to definitely the history of um, Korea mm. than any other uh, Asian country. I would like to think and. Even Derek Joey talks about this in his uh, talk, um, where I think you know um, we really have a shared history. And for me, the fascination is if Korea can accomplish something like that, and we're here talking about uh, what they've accomplished, and we're here talking about books we've read, studying them. 
I, I have the same dream for the Philippines. I have the same dream for our culture. Okay. I really like what Noel said earlier, um, which is about, you know, and, and you told me this, or am I overly romanticizing my cultural affinity with Korea? And Noel said earlier that, of course, we admire certain um, ancient practices and religions. They have, they have Confucianism. But also, um, there's the idea of, um, you know, I remember I, I've been reading Kim Ji Young, born in 1982, and it's really about their culture toward women. And maybe I'll stop there. But it's not as... You mean it's problematic, right? It's as problematic as our own culture, the way we treat women in our culture. It's, um, it's, it can be compared. There is a parallelism. It can be. But in other words, I want to just go to, into this, dive into this and say, like, it's not as escapist or as othered, you know, parang as othering as Hollywood is. Parang ganun ba? No, it's totally escapist. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, K-dramas, for me, are totally escapist. But there's, um, at the same time, there's this reality also going on culturally. I just want to talk about that cultural affinity because when I watched Chloe, when I saw it, right, I was drawn to the character of Sonia Jin, diba? She's Yun Seri in that, in that ano, she, as a, wow, parang, they never, they never went to bed. They never went to yeah. bed. They yes. went, pumunta na silang North Korea, no, South Korea. Yes. Na they never yes. slept. They never slept with each other. Na parang, what is this? Is this like a... And I felt like some cultural affinity. Of course, you know, uh, Mookie and yeah. I went to bed like the first minute. I, I, you know, first not. First we've minute. Never, we've but never been my, to bed. Oh, yeah, we've never been to bed. Oh, well, I think it was implicit in the epilogue that eventually they did it. But but I think your oh, point oh. is that... In the epilogue, parang that yes. that long drama, right? With yeah, all absolutely. the separations, they didn't even do it. They, yeah. yeah, they didn't do it. Apart. He's living in her house. He's yeah. living in her house. And like when they're hugging, like they really can't get their hands off of each other. And they're living in the same house. <laughs> all of us are, oh, let's say goodnight, you know. My point is that it spoke to me. I'm glad because it's a comfy part of my culture that still responds to this kind of, you know, um, prudishness. I have no other word for it. I've, I've, I'm sure you can think of a better word for it. That's one of the things I love about K-dramas too. Uh, I wouldn't call it prudishness. Uh, I would think of it as more of a, an erotic subtlety. That yeah. uh, well, I you know, I, I yeah, okay, I, I'll go with erotic subtlety over prudishness. Yeah, uh, it, it yeah. actually reminds me of a particular genre in romance novels, uh, the, which which is the Regency romance, uh, which is okay. which has its own social yeah. social cultural context in yeah. Regency England. But mm-hmm. you have the same tropes. You see that in Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. for example. It's it's so romantic, but what makes it so romantic precisely is the the distance. Uh, this pang tantalizing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yes, the tantalizing. The, you know, it's 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 like, yeah. The the sexual connection speaks speaks in such a volume when yeah. you know, two people are not even touching each other, but you see the longing in their faces, and uh, it's, it's, it becomes a vicarious kind of longing for um for audiences, right? It's not just the erotic subtlety, but also mm. how the characters respond to it and how um this kind of um subtlety is embedded in the relationships. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it yeah. matters for example for a, a main character, for her relationship to be accepted by her family, her parents, because mm. parental approval device. 
apparently very keen. Yeah, and that's another parang I responded to that. Parang wow, well, nga kailangan yeah, mo magpaalam. Oo. Yeah, in, in a great many plots of K dramas, it's, it's all about seek, you know, getting mom or dad to approve uh, the love relationship. Oh, so that that's yeah. like, a, like a plot point. Is that what yes. you're saying? Like it's a plot point. Yeah. I like a, uh, yeah. yes. Um I mean I mean it, it speaks to how important being accepted is so your personal relationship is not just a personal thing that you keep private you're you're part of the community and the community has a say sure. in your um in your relationship yeah and i want to say that's very asian uh, that's and, and actually that that reminds me of uh i'm sure you guys have seen this something in the rain yeah i love that yeah, right? I've, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Parang vicariously i've seen yeah, it like two million I, times Yes. Yeah. Okay. Vicariously, because Smokey always had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I remember it's, it's the, the central uh, conflict there is just the mom's disapproval of the guy, you know, yung hey, I couldn't understand. Yeah. Nah, exactly. Me too. And I was like, what's wrong? He said, like, you know, these are two, you know, consenting, consenting adults. adults. Yeah. Right? And they yeah. twist themselves into these you know, emotional pretzels, you know, because of like the, the mom's disapproval. Earlier, Moki was uh, comparing American and Korean cultures uh, and um, and especially which, uh, especially with regard to which one Filipino culture would seem to have more affinities with. I, I would actually say that while we are physically closer to Korea, I think culturally we are more uh, Americanized. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're, more, we're more westernized, not just because of the... Uh, American colonization, but also because uh, our minds had been inevitably taken over by, and we like it or not, language. Um, uh, sure. in, the English language, sure. I think, it's our our intellectual language Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and and because of that, when I watch K dramas, I'm I'm more culturally removed from it than if I had been watching uh, an English. Uh, uh, does this mean, Noel, that you find yourself sort of analyzing it a little bit more or reaching out? To it to meet it halfway a little bit more, because when I watch like for example when people not me you know but when people watch a Marvel movie like oh yeah I'm home right no because the diba? Filipinos are yeah. Anglophones eh, right among all our Asian oh. as English speakers oh you're talking particularly yeah. about language as a sort of barrier you no know? language as a sort of natural barrier yes and if it's mm-hmm. it and you you can't really um sep- um separate language from from every from all the other aspects of your life eh? mm. see, your your language is really the way you think it's the way you feel sure. it's the way you consume products it's the way you even move your body <laughs> so yeah. uh so i in that sense i think we're more westernized than yeah. Koreans are uh yeah, so I, so we, we we will need to learn more korean <laughs> you know and consume more kimchi whatever <laughs> before mm-hmm. we could um even consider ourselves as you know close to Korean culture. I I think. Yeah, but that's two things. Yeah, two things. I, I was really interesting in what you said. First yeah. is that there's a distance, diba? There's a distance, talaga. To latch on to something Noel said, I guess. Um, but they put Western elements then in in um, K dramas or even in K pop. Such as. Conscious, well, in K-pop, you're listening to it, and I'm not an expert in K-pop, not by you know any stretch of the sure. imagination. But I put a little English phrase there to kind of appeal to a wider market. So they've, they're, I think, um, they're also conscious of putting in little Western, um, not just tropes, but little Western cues. Um, 
in in their movies, in their plots, and in their music. Is this just a sort of point of entry for us outsiders? Um, as outsider, um, what do you mean by outsiders like, in general, or as Asian outsiders? Uh, oh, that's a very interesting question. That's another question. In fact, no, but they put these Western cues because they're you know South Korea is kind of it's a very Westernized uh, country. You know, if, if uh, obviously you guys have been to Seoul, right? it's very westernized in the sense that, you know, uh, materialism, brands, everything, the culture, you know, all these brands, there's no sort of, you're not like, you're not in a country where they don't wreck. In fact, South Korea, I would say, and I'm not, I'm not an expert either, could be more Western than Japan is, no? In Japan, it's like, uh, parang, they are aware of, of, of a lot of these Western tropes, but they still fetishize. Uh, I should I say that Korea, parang, maybe, Naruto was blonde. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh parang <laughs> blonde, blue eyes. Diba? Uh, diba? There was yeah. a whole period. Diba? Um, there's a part that's, they're conscious of hybridization where mm-hmm. you put in Western elements in your, let's say, movies. That's why there are blockbusters with Hollywood elements in them. And sure. also hybridization oh. in terms of the language. So you have a song that's 90% in in. Korean, and then you more than 90%, let's say 99% in Korean, then you have a little, you pepper it with a few English phrases. So that me, if I don't speak the language, I can actually come in when those phrases are sung. So I don't feel completely alienated. Ang lakas ng culture nila, and they really used Hallyu to push their culture so that you would consume more of it, right, in a way. So you would get used to it, so you would see it, aspire to have it, and consume more of it. Is that how it works? Is that how Hallyu works in a nutshell? Uh, if I just think about the sheer number of pop product placements in the single K-drama episode, yeah, uh, yeah then I, I definitely definitely say they are pushing uh, cultural products. But apparently, that's part of the production process in, in Korea. Because uh, they're funded by mm-hmm. all of these... Um, corporations, not mm. just the government, which contributes mm. to the um, to the influence of, of the shows themselves. Right? I, I don't think we have the same mechanism mm-hmm. in, in Filipino culture. But I, I haven't seen a lot no, of we don't. No, we don't. Filipino oh. soaps. But uh, I would think that if they were as popular as K-dramas are, if other countries were watching, let's say, Filipino, and ba yung mga Filipino series niya? Yung mga... Oh. Sorry, I can't even name. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I would think they would also be reflective, reflective of Filipino culture. The world would know about, I don't know, yung mga rags to riches stories natin. Oh, <laughs> pero parang, I want to go there kasi ang sinasabi rin naman ng marami is that yung, okay, uh, granted that you, you don't know much about, let's say, the Filipino teleseries, di ba? Right. Noted din naman ng marami na parang, no, masyadong napaka-formulaic ng mga Filipino teleseries. Napapansin. Oo, oh, oh, so I noticed na ano, nasa bahay sila, tapos naka-makeup, tapos naka-pastura, like, woke up like this, parang gano'n. Hindi <laughs> ko guess. Oo. Oh. At tsaka yung parang mistakes ng technical errors, like, na parang mag, yung, yung mga medical equipment na mali, di ba? Yung mga, right, mga stuff like that. Di ba? So parang ang point lang is it's, and yet, like, of course, we're, we're, the three of us, we're writers. So therefore, we are, parang import, uh, we are concerned about our cultural, cultural scene. We are concerned about our culture. So 
um, we are, I am quick to say, hindi okay rin ang, ang Filipino na teleserye. Okay din. And yet, no, as uh, someone concerned about our culture, I can also say, but ganun? Diba? Bakit nakukuha ng K-drama yung kilite? Bakit nila nakukuha yun? Diba? So there has to be this. We can't, the, the, you know, the elephant in the room is probably like, we're producing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. What are they doing right? We don't diba? have the same backing that they have, for one. Okay, one, that answers for me the production element of it, right? Uh, where, okay, I will have 20 sequences. I will shoot 20 sequences a day instead of 15 sequences a day as a director. Therefore, I will have fewer locations. No, But it doesn't answer the writing part of it. No, Of course, we're not, I'm not going to talk about Chloe, no? uh, Crash Landing on You, which obviously has a large <laughs> budget. No. <laughs> No, no, which obviously has our budget in a sense that I can't compare it to a local production. Okay. But I have, I'm aware of a lot of uh, small Korean productions. I just saw, for example, uh, April Snow, right? Which is a fantastic movie on grief, on love. It's a fantastic film. Uh, Sonia Jin was in it. She, a young Sonia Jin, a younger Sonia Jin was in it. And uh, it's a fantastic movie and it didn't cost a lot of money. It all happens in a small town, in a small city, right? So, and in fact, what, well, because I make a reference to not a K-drama series, but a K-drama film, then siyempre, I'm also compelled to make a comparison between a K- K- a Korean films and our own films. No? I have to say that uh, once we, 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 we talk about part of a culture, we talk about the entire wave. Diba? We have to talk about that. Diba? Music, etc., etc. So, Ano yung problem? Ano yung, ano yung problema natin? I'm not sure if this is a factor, but uh, I read somewhere that uh, K-drama writers tend to be women. Uh, the majority of their K-drama mm-hmm. script okay. writers are women. But yeah, but no, the joke. Men are bad writers. No. <laughs> women are better in the joke. No, I, 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 so I, I led to believe that every day. It seems that women have this... Um, Flair for romantic imagination. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there and say that a lot of Filipino writers, especially in TV, are women. Women oh, okay. are so programmers. They run that. No, oh, so I want to go there. So, but I, I'm not uh, disputing what you said. Diba? I'm just going to say, nah, oh, mas, in other words, parang, well, of course, women are more sort of, well, they're, they're, well we're, women are more the target market. Of, of the classical target market of the soap opera. They're the classical target market. Yeah. Right? Correct. Right? Uh, right? Literally. The, the novel also, if you look at literary history. That's such a beautiful because statement. Are, yeah, because these media are really about relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's about... No, that's a great statement because yeah. it's it really parang sort of brings women into focus. <laughs> yeah. Right now. That, and this is... That, yeah, oh. Oh, kasi diba the medium is an extended, um, diba? uh, there's something about the day-to-day that it features there. And so much of the K-drama, whether it's romance or action or sci-fi, so much of it is about mm. how the, mm-hmm. what the characters are in relation to each other. So I'm not sure if, uh, this sounds essentialist, mm. but uh, that, seems to me, that seems to me to be kind of a woman's specialty. Yeah, the, the nuances to, to consume it you mean it's a woman's specialty to consume it not, not just to consume it but to direct that kind of 
um, activity, live that kind of existence. Uh, you're mm-hmm. concerned about the affective dimension, like how I feel, how they feel, reading beneath what is literally said. Kasi there are so what are we men like? We're stone. We're like stone. Just kidding. No, <laughs> no, but, no, but seriously, but, no. I, I wanna, uh, I want to to go deep into uh, not stone. deep. Deep, a little deep because <laughs> uh, men are like stoned like stoned uh, Mugi I want to I wanna ask you about that parang, do you agree with that parang women you know parang uh, it's uh, I think uh, just to put it in um, more to put it another way like women are the preoccupation of the right of of of, of this kind of fair I can't put it in a better way. Maybe you can. We're the target audience. Not just the target audience, but the, in, the, in, a, in a sense, the creative sort of domain. It's a creative domain of women to consume it, to, to create it, to... to uh... Like for me, a simplistic... Well, that, not a simplistic, that's the wrong word. But the simple explanation would be um, the fact that there's such a great pool of writers here in the Philippines, male and female, um, and what you call this? Uh, the, Joey Reyes was saying, despite that fact, how come we can't write uh, dramas as innovative as K dramas, for instance? So I tend to look at it that way as a confounding mystery. Given the pool of our talent, um, how come we haven't been able to really just push the form forward? So I, I don't see it as. Um, a female genre. I mean, of course, uh, no. Of course, um, classically, as you said, women are the target market. Um, Noel says that women uh, predominantly write the scripts. Um, and as a newbie, like I said, um, I tend to listen to uh, the news that's come before me. And what I really cleave to is the fact that what what Joey Reyes said: it shouldn't be impossible to write. It's something that here, given that we have this entire great pool of writers. So to him, it's a mystery. Um, it's a mystery that's not solved by money. Uh, just to add to what Muki said, because I like her observation that um, K-dramas uh, should not be thought of as a woman's genre. It, it might, might be directed at women as an audience. Yeah. But, sure. but I uh, agree with that observation because it's not just women who appreciate K-dramas. I know a lot of Ooh. men, my dad and a lot of male friends actually. I appreciate it, yeah. But they kind of appreciate it on the down low, you know what I mean? It's not something they, they're going to announce in a Facebook post. Tama yan, tama yan, tama yan. I, I want to say, yes. they're going to oh, yeah. gush about the way that women do. So I, I suspect actually that men and women appreciate K-dramas in the same levels, but because of gender roles and coded social uh, interactions, like, men yeah, 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 tend yeah, yeah. to express it less, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I have so many married friends because I, I wanted uh, Sarge to watch Cloy, which he appreciated, not just for the melodrama, although he did appreciate the melodrama, but for the military corruption angle, the geopolitics. The In other words, as a story. Like as a, as a, as a... Married, my married friends who said, you know what, my husband also really loved Cloy. What is it about this particular drama, this particular K-drama, that appeals even to men? So maybe um, it's, look, look, I don't want to say that only women appreciate melodrama. But maybe, Sarge, as a writer, you appreciated the story, which was so intricate. 
so many things were really, really going on there. And um, as a story, I think it's pretty solid, Noel. I mean, as writers, I'm sure you appreciate even the, the way uh, the stories are crafted, the innovation in the plots. Yeah. Like the self-reflexivity, yes. it's also about K-dramas. Like K-drama. There's a lot of self-awareness. There's a lot yeah. of self-awareness. It's sort of parang these fourth, almost fourth wall meta-asides. Right, right. We all over Cloyd. I want to step back and say na parang what this all points to is that there's a serious sort of surfeit of quality diba? in the Korean entertainment business. Parang I'm going to connect this to the Filipino writer, diba? Alam mo, mas magaling talaga yung ibang writer sa ibang kultura kasi mas marami silang oras na nabibigay sa pagsusulat nila eh. Or number two, they can actually be writers for a living. It pays more, right? It pays them so they can be paid to, to follow their heart. Di ba? Whereas dito sa Pilipinas, hirap tayo, everything is like minamadali. Di ba? Uh, yung mga pati mga writers natin, content producers natin, minamadali. Either that or in a underpay. Ganun lang ba? Ganun lang ba kasimple sa tingin nyo? Uh, I think uh, a lot of the success of K-dramas also has something to do with the nature of the industry. Um, mm-hmm. Kasi you, you were talking about the surfeit of great works. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's because K-dramas are also being produced mm-hmm. in, in a kind of factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a factory like Hollywood Hollywood is a factory right uh-huh. that is true but K-dramas uh, are it, it, are so much more you know in that way mm-hmm. I I based on uh, articles I've, I've read mm-hmm. uh, for my K-drama research mm-hmm. for, for some papers I'd written uh, also relating to philosophy mm-hmm. um, uh, Korean stars it's, it's normal for Korean stars to be like overworked, really. Because uh, mm-hmm. they have this culture of parang same-day production. Ganun. Um, so they're taping while it's also... Ah, so merong lagari, may lagari din sa kulang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and they're so enslaved by the audience reaction. And you have yeah. a culture where, you know, the fans really have a lot of say about what's going okay. to happen uh, in the end. So the, okay. so the writers have to like change the story halfway to reflect what the audience wants. I, I want to go back to what Noel thinks because it's a chicken and egg for me. Ah, ang question of culture versus cultural product. It's chicken and egg for me because I got turned on to my culture by my cultural product. When I saw parang, the films of Mike DeLeon, diba? or uh, I, I read the books of Crip Yuson or, diba? or, or, or Kirima Po. Diba? Parang, my point is that drove me into appreciating my culture. Yeah, right? So parang, it's, a, it's a chicken and egg question for me. Parang, I don't know if that's a, is that Are we saying that there's still like too little culture to find purchase on for us so that we're not able to create a story with its so much integrity, such integrity, such cultural integrity that people outside our culture will want to learn more about it, you know, or will be led into being a fan of our culture. I, I would like to go back to Sarge's uh, larger question about sure. why why we can't achieve this, why we seem to be limited to the kabets, a certain take on the kabets area, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not a question of talent, but it's really just a question of money and support. Okay. Uh, and I think if we had that, uh, everything should follow. Uh, That's my uh, bold prediction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know when that is going to come and where is going to come from the the money and the uh the logistical national uh institutional support mm-hmm. yeah but I think in terms of talent and the writing I think we have that I, I, just by joining workshops I, I already see all of these original ideas uh thinking out of the box um mm. that could um uh rival uh, these k drama plot lines except they will never find a sponsor um what uh media companies would think would sell so if we could get out of that mentality and actually support our arts i, yeah. I think we'd be closer to where korean culture is now uh if if we just go by philippine literature i think our philippine literature in english and filipino and other dialects i think is way ahead of uh, some of our Asian um, counterparts, except maybe for China and Japan, yeah. but they're older. They're older cultures. But the problem, the only problem is that literature doesn't pay, but in a sense, that's true. Yeah, doesn't pay, right? The the money is really in consumable, watchable, uh, monetizable media, no? And that seems to be interestingly enough, right? When you look at the Hali wave. When you look at the Korean wave, hindi rin prominent ang literature sa kanila sa wave, right? Right. It's it's these monetizable, right? Highly bankable expressions of literature, so to speak. Uh, I think there's a theory that you know they found their form. That's not necessarily our form, and that we shouldn't necessarily strive to replicate it. We should try to find out what our form is. That's their form. It's not exactly um, something we should necessarily imitate or just have um, a wholesale appropriate or just appropriate it wholesale. But you know, it's it's a good thought to think that there's also a form that we can or we can invent the form. It's the same form, it's the drama, but we can invent it using our own Filipino norms. Well yeah, of course. Uh, an example of a culture that's found its form, so to speak, following your line of thought is for example Japanese no? anime diba? or manga. That is the form. They, they found that form, right? Uh, but basically, what you're also saying is that the other side, the underside, the underbelly of what you're saying is that we haven't found our form. It's a contentious point because I'm sure that the drama is our form also. But rather than say, let's imitate them, you know, let's take it apart and see what works for them and then bring it here and work with the same machinery. I don't think that that would necessarily um work for us as Filipinos. I just want to end with this, but there's some magic that happens in, in K-drama. It's not our culture, uh, guys, no? You know what I mean? It's like us attracting other people. Like, they, Are we just responding to our own colonial mentality? <laughs> maybe. Sheepishly. She, maybe. I think uh, to be self-conscious about one's colonial mentality is itself a symptom of having been colonized. Yeah, pero sa atin alam mo, I noticed, and this is a side note. This is a cute side note. When we something see something like this at exotic, right? For example, when you go to a Filipino goes, an, a middle class Filipino goes to Bangkok, diva, goes to Khao San Road and sees all those backpackers and like uh, Thai culture, diba? The, 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 the street culture of the Thai, diba? Parang we see it through. Actually, I like to think that we see it through a white person's eyes, eh? We we become colonial, looking at the east. Na parang wow, adventure din natin to. 
It's not like, not like we Asians din tayong lahat dito. Parang nagka, kasi we have that, we indulge in that internal fantasy whenever we travel, right? That we're just, we're, we're, we like to think, a lot of, I know a lot of people who think they're white, di ba? Who think they're white when they travel. So they, they go to a restaurant. Yeah, parang, they, without knowing it, subconscious na yan. Uh-huh. Parang, na parang exotic sa'yo yun, di ba? Even if you're going to Jakarta, di ba? Or, 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 or Bali, di ba? Wow. I like this sort of, I'm going to talk about Bali, di ba? Because the Indonesian culture as expressed in Bali is sort of put through the filter, di ba? Of a tourist sort of point of view. So when Filipinos go to Bali, they're like tourists occupying the white sort of space and looking at, you know, uh, the Balinese arts and crafts and tradition as something, wow, so exotic. Di ba parang ganun? Ay, si parang bang boraka yan. <laughs> oh, parang boraka. Di ba parang yung exotic sa ispil sa Package for the white tourists. Uh, oh, parang ganun. So you go there, you like it. Escapist din. So that also calls to our, maybe, yung sinasabi nyo na escapist ng k-drama. Di ba? Part ba ng colonial mentality yan? Parang gusto natin umescape dun sa ating colonial dreams of our past? I think it's escapist for everybody. I think we're rediscovering a kind of Asian aesthetics. Yeah. Kasi, uh, I love that answer. Yeah, yeah kasi our view of beauty is very white, di ba? We, we've always mm. been to the fair-skinned. And if you look at our local act celebrities, they're half-white. Yeah. But for the first time, we're appreciating Asian beauty. Diba? Mm-hmm. When I discovered K-dramas, parang I, I couldn't believe that I used to be so enamored of white actors. All of a sudden, we have, we're suddenly conscious that, you know, the billboards from Quezon City to Makati are all like with uh, K-drama stars. There was a time when Bin Jin were peddling, where we're in the smart commercial, mm-hmm. where they were really just everywhere. Right, and they were new standards for me as, as somebody who just came into this this year, 2021. I was really drawn to the fact that hey, you know, that's a new standard of beauty. If before I found Angelina Jolie beautiful, I could just as easily find someone like Sonia Chin beautiful. So we're really moving toward this aesthetic where, you know, um, it's not just the people we looked up to in Hollywood who are beautiful. We ha- we don't have to look very far away. We don't have to go to America or go to Europe to find um, our own paragons of beauty. Yeah. And and yeah. Sorry. Go on, go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so actually, it was it's because of gay dramas that I started appreciating monolids. Very Filipino culture, we like the big eyes. And from what I hear in in some other Asian cultures, they uh, there's this popular eye surgery for for monolid people to have double lids, parang ganon. So they oh yeah, or sometimes they put that. like stickers. They put like there's actually yeah, cosmetic oh, stickers. Oh, yeah. We're talking about standards yeah, of beauty the, now, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the <laughs> power of you know media and <laughs> packaging to make something previously thought to be ugly. And now it's now this is another great thing about what you what you guys mentioned though. This is such a this is such a great thing because maybe one of the reasons why the Hallyu wave is so great, especially in Asia, is people identify themselves yeah. as part of that wave. Yeah, they're not looking at the wave; they're not engulfed by it. Well, they're engulfed at it by it first, and then they become part of it. 
so they feel a sense of belonging. Or not just pride also. I So parang it's, it's a different flow naman. Instead of west to east, now it's east to west. So it's, it's nice. Kahit na, you know, I'm not part of Korean culture. I'm rooting for mm. that. No, it, because it's attainable. For me, the scintillating thing about K-drama really just taking over is the fact that I identify with it as an Asian and the fact that it's an attainable or it gives me the illusion that whatever they're accomplishing is attainable yeah. by yeah. us. So for me, that's like I get excited by that. Uh, for me, the Western models were just so far away. Like, I couldn't reach them. But this one gives me the illusion that whatever they have achieved is also attainable. Um, Whether it's an illusion or not. You're talking like, you're talking about, like, we're talking like, we're talking about the greater East Asian co-prosperity <laughs> sphere. Uh-oh. No, parang a benevolent form of it. No, no, I mean, because you know what? Oh, no. okay. When I was a kid, parang, when I would read these history okay. books and read about, you know, how the Japanese invaded us, they pushed the idea of a greater East Asian co-prosperity sphere. Which is something we share with the Koreans. But they occupied Korea for 30 years. They were here um, after 1941 to the liberation. So there are really some, I guess also why I find this scintillating is there are parallelisms between their history and our history. So we were colonized by the Americans, occupied by the Japanese, liberated by the Americans. They were occupied by the Japanese and liberated by the Americans. So there are parallelisms. So they have that angst that I think we also have, but they took that angst and they built something on it. I'm not saying we did not build anything on our angst, right? But they have the machinery. I think they, their term for that is hand, the hand. The hand. The hand. Thank you, Director <laughs> <laughs> oh, baka tayo naman dahan-dahan. Pakaganan niyo sa atin, di ba? Kasi I've always, okay, I've always like, just to circle it back, circle it back, just to circle it back, na parang, I've always believed kasi na sa atin, maybe our wave is different, right? Maybe our wave is not a wave, but like a tide. Di ba? Na dahan-dahan eh. It, you know, it'll probably take a hundred years for people to read our books all over the world. You know? But it will happen. That's been my belief. It'll probably take 200 years for people to finally turn on to, you know, for everyone to turn on to our cinema or to our literature. No, um, but I believe that as long as we're we have cultural integrity, no, we have this kind of we're sure-footed in our pride. You know, where we know where we stand in terms of our pride, we know our culture well. That we're gonna get there, diba? We might be the turtle, divine. It's not a race. I, I think that's the hope. Like, um, I, I think that um, I don't know what form we're going to take. I don't know if it's a tide or a wave. But the hope really is that you know talent will out. I think that really there should not be any impediment to um, creating really great cultural work. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what our form is. I don't know when it will happen, but the hope is that, um, it will happen. The hope and the, I guess the faith, right? I, I, like you, you're, you're not faithful, not faithful. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you know, you, you think that it will actually happen to us. You have faith in it actually happening to mm. us. Um, I'd like to end on that and I'd like to thank you, uh, Noel de la Cruz, Poet and philosopher, Muki Katigbakla Cuesta, poet and uh, philosopher of the house. 
<laughs> kasi ako taga ah oo oh, oo oh, oo oh, oh. ah yeah taga ganun lang ako sa iyo <laughs> uh, for for joining us at lonely hearts such a pleasure and really we covered a lot so um i i i, I, I that was fun Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. I wish I hang also. out with you guys more often. <laughs> Bye, guys. The Lonely Hearts Podcast is brought to you by Esquire Philippines in partnership with Podcast Network Asia. For more info on their shows in the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now for free at podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>